Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Well, I'll start off the batting uh, with my Keith impersonation uh, <laughs> to kick off season two, see how I go. Down, Kyles! <laughs> All right, how about you, Swinney? I'm a protected species! <laughs> All right, you, Mike? Oh, yeah! You can't threaten <laughs> me, I'm a protected species! <laughs> oh, guys, what are you trying to do? It's nothing like me. That's awesome. That's awesome. All Shocking right. Oh. Nice. There's a rat called Radis. He's a leader of the bunch. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Ferals Podcast. I'm your host, Monkey Boy, and I'm joined by... Swinny. And Michelle. <laughs> and today we're kicking off season two, and we're joined by a very special guest. He's been a puppeteer for 30 years, worked on hit TV shows like Bananas and Pajamas, puppeteered on ads for Maccas, that's McDonald's for our American listeners, and KFC, is a freelance photographer, but you will know him as the man behind the puppet for the fluffy but tough Medigliana, and our cult favorite, Keith. Mel Heap, welcome, and thanks for coming on. Thanks very much for having me. Good to be here, you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I'll lead off the batting with the questions. Um, what was your first reaction when you heard about or saw that there were these three crazy guys doing an episode-by-episode review of The Ferals? Um, I must admit, when I first... I can't remember how I stumbled upon the link. I think somebody sent me the link to your podcast, and I thought, this could be interesting. I, so I travel on a train to go to work these days, and I thought... I've got a bit of time to fill in each morning. I thought, oh, well, might as well catch up and see what guys are having a yak about. And I was surprised, but um, I, I do know there's quite a number of fans out there. I've done a few radio in- interviews over the last few years about the Ferals, and I've realised how big a fan base there is because it was a bit of a cult show. And uh, so I've loved listening to what you guys have been saying, and I've been having a good chuckle to myself about the fact that you guys have gone completely off the 
the uh, the deep end, analysing every scene by scene. I think you put you put more effort into analysing a scene than we ever did when we were recording the show. <laughs> yeah, I think like we were bouncing around the idea um, to review a show, and it always stood out in my mind as a very off colour, bit strange, bizarre cult TV show. So, and I I think we definitely had the right choice. Um, so, Swinney, how about you yeah. next in terms of questions? Um, I actually had a question about uh, where the ferals are now. Like, the puppets. Are they in storage or um, uh, have, you, are you still, have you still well, got Keith somewhere? Well, Marty actually, actually sits in, the, uh, in my garage because Marty oh, got wow. um, to have a new life after the ferals um, in a show called Creature Features, which we did six series of. So she got to travel around and... And it was a bit of an animal show, so she thought the show should be entirely about cats. Um, but we <laughs> toured around Australia doing uh, visiting farms and zoos, uh, talking about animals. So she actually got uh, a bit of a facelift and fixed up for that show. So that was great fun. So she actually sits in my um, in my garage. Sadly, the foam inside their heads is totally disintegrated, so she's not usable anymore. But she, I don't think I could ever throw her away. Uh, Keith was the same. He started to fall apart, but he actually um, was a lot worse for wear. So I'm, sadly, the old Keith got chucked in, no. in the garbage. Oh, no. Um, and I think Mixie, Radis, and Darren... I think Emma, who is the puppeteer for Mixie, she may still have them. Um, but, yeah, same sort of thing. They slowly, they faded away and, uh, yeah, I suppose like most of those good childhood memories, they've they've gone to dust and, you know, there's not much well, left of I, them. I did notice that uh, when Mixie uh, had her own kind of short five-minute show, Yep. That the the puppet looked quite different. I don't know if it was just cleaned up and it didn't have the rings around the eyes. Yeah, she um, was just... she was deferralized for that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she was she was not as grungy. Actually, I think she might have been a new Mixie as well. Um, okay. And as you guys probably will, will discover when you start talking about series two, of, um, uh, you'll notice Moddy's face has changed. She's had some plastic surgery as well, so. Um, in in the second series of Ferals, actually, a new Moddy was made. So, oh, wow. now yeah, I did, I did actually, notice that. Yeah, I was going to say we we actually debated whether or not um, there was one more than one puppet for different kind of uses. So, was it always the one set of puppets at one time? There was always just one puppet for the for the series. Yeah, so wow, um, there was only one Radis ever made. Um, oh, only wow. one ever Darren, and but Moddy. Uh, um, very when we did the pilot episode, her eyes were pretty shocking, so we fixed them up a little bit as best they could. And then when they decided to go for a second series, he was actually remade, so she actually can look at a camera straight down the barrel rather than her wonky eye that she had for the host for all of series one. <laughs> yeah, I think that added some character, one. to be honest. <laughs> it did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's um, a bit more mangy for series one than series two. In terms of the puppet doctor, I think uh, Swinney had a question on that. Yeah, yeah. It's is that a common thing? Obviously, you're going to have to have someone to repair puppets, but are they normally called a puppet doctor? Because we, um, we actually refer to her as the goddess, actually, not the puppet doctor. 
Um, Tina Matthews was her name. Tina was unbelievable. She actually spent time with Henson's on the Muppets, and oh, she was. Cool. Wow. Um, I mean the 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 back the back end of of the ferals, like the wardrobe, the the props makers, they were just all sensational. And it's funny, I think I can't remember which episode I was having a listen to where you guys were talking about. Imagine your career highlight being that you've made these tiny clothes for these <laughs> tiny puppets. Um, we were often blown away by the fact that these. Uh, wardrobe people who are, you know, making these amazing costumes for Andrew Denton's show was on when we were producing, when we were doing ferals. And um, they used to have some outrageous outfits for Denton to wear. And um, those those ladies also made a lot of the, the wardrobe outfits for the puppets. And, and I think they showed, their, you know, their real skills in making these items that were, you know, smaller than babies' outfits really. So they had to make everything from scratch. And, you know, Keith's... Yeah. Hawaiian shirt. Which you like eventually. We've noticed that there's some. You know, they're the best stick stickers. No one else has got them like that. You know, Tony Abbott's <laughs> look ridiculous compared to mine. <laughs> Actually, that re- that reminds me. Um, how uh, did you? You know, the whole method acting. Yeah. You know, some actors they they, they totally transform into the characters. Yeah. Does that mean, you know, in preparation for Keith, you climbed up a tree in, in front of smugglers and... <laughs> and caught chlamydia um, somewhere in, uh, in King's Cross? <laughs> Keith, uh, you guys probably um, wouldn't, wouldn't have remembered a show called The Auntie Jack Show, but Auntie Jack Show was a, a show that I used to sneak into the lounge room when I was a kid and, and watch my, uh, my stepfather watching this show on the ABC. And uh, there was a character in uh, the Arnie Jack show called Kev Kavana and uh, the Wendy Gray who was the producer she said oh you've got to do um, Keith has to be like Kev Kavana and uh, I think I got the role of Keith because I was the only one who knew who Kev Kavana was <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you said the Arnie Jack show that's, that blows my mind because when I actually was telling uh, telling a family member that for some bizarre reason we were doing a episode by episode podcast about the ferals her partner said, oh, you should do one about the Arnie Jack show. And I never heard of it. So I just love that that's connections. Oh, I think the Arnie Jack show um, is one of those shows, I suppose, very much like the Ferals that would never, ever be aired again on the ABC because of political correctness. And um, <laughs> Well, that's you know, what we like said in episode one, show. didn't we? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. I wanted to ask you about that because at the time, were there any complaints or between season one and two, were there a toning down of the season? Because we haven't actually watched all of season two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, was there any feedback at the time <laughs> or is it just a different time now? No, um, I, I, I don't know whether we still hold the record for the most complaints. Um <laughs> We, we, um, the, the day that the show went to air, we all actually had a bit of a party at, at the children's, in the children's department. And, um, within the first, um, I think two minutes of the show, the number of complaints that had come through to the ABC switchboard, <laughs> um, blocked up the switchboard. And I, I think, well, for a number of years, I know we held the record for the most complaints. I think, um, might have been changed now by the chaser, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I think the the opening scene, I, if I vaguely remember, it was Moddy hitting Radis out of the yep. the shed with a baseball bat. Yep, um, right. Yeah, that that's sort of that's what all the complaints were about. So, yeah, nice to be known as the most um, talked about show for quite a little while. 
Uh, <laughs> it was interesting. You know, the the children's department, when we started the ferals, they started a little show called Bananas in Pajamas and there was this other little group called the Wiggles. Mm. Uh, so all three pretty much contrast. started similar at the similar time. <laughs> and uh, sadly, you know, I only got to work on the Bananas at, nearing the end of its, its time, but... Uh, yeah, the other the other group. I don't know what happened to the Wiggles. Yeah, oh, I, I think the Wiggles would have been uh, much more enjoyable if there was more violence, like the Ferals in it. So. <laughs> oh yeah, the oh, baseball yeah. gambling. Yeah, <laughs> certainly would have um, been more fun. And and were there any plans for a season three, or was it just that sort of you know the amount of complaints and like or was it ratings or, or what was the driver behind sort of it ending its run on season two? We were always told that ratings never had anything to do, and I think they still say that at the ABC because there's okay. been a number of shows I worked on. They say, well, it's not about the ratings. Um, uh, the Creature Features, for example, it, it, it won its time slot. It beat all the commercial networks. And, you know, after six series, they said, oh, look, we're going to stop it now, um, which is strange. You know, I, I think the ferals, if it fitted into that too hard basket. Um, yeah. I think one of, your, one, of your talk, um, one of your podcasts you were talking about, <laughs> who was it aimed at? Um, yeah. It was actually aimed at a 12, 13-year-old boy. Um, okay. and that's, and that's what, um, Claire Henderson was the executive producer and we used to call, call her scary Claire. Um, cause we have to, we, we do an episode, we do the rehearsing and then she would come down and she would watch us do a run through and then with the directors and then she would sit down and she would talk about the episode and she would sort of do the red pen treatment to the script. And then depending on how long it went, we'd have to, um, re block a whole lot of stuff or change scripts. Um, dialogue got changed, but she let a, an amazing amount of stuff go through. And I think I was, she, I was about to say the red red pen probably wasn't used enough. Oh, <laughs> we're happy for it. There, there, uh, there. I know there was a lot of stuff that got axed. Uh, Brian Rooney, who played Leonard, he used to do um, used to have a lot of stuff, um, and I, I chuckled at some of the stuff in in this um, episode in in series episode one from series two, thinking yeah. about. The stuff that he used to um, get away with, um, he, he was allowed to get away with. Um, Speaking of being allowed to get away with, uh, I'm dying to ask, did you improv some of the insults towards Radis? Because you insult Radis a lot, as my dear um, that. Actually, the insults and stuff, I was not allowed to improv that sort of stuff because that, that was actually highly regulated by ah, right. uh, what we were allowed to say. And they were very they were very careful about it. Um, okay. There was one line Moddy actually said, which um, I, I have a chuckle about the fact that it's probably the, the most expensive word that I've ever got paid for saying. Um, Moddy said, I think it was, Oh, would somebody please go and fix that damn clock? And Moddy was not allowed to say damn. So I had to what? go back in and uh, re-record the word damn and it came out, Oh, would somebody please fix that dumb clock? Ah, interesting. And, and so, just the damn thing is just because of the religious connotation, or I was—I'm not sure why I got why I had to fix it up. But hey, look, I didn't mind getting paid to hop in a cab, <laughs> travel to Gore Hill, and go into a recording studio and get paid four hours to change one word. That's <laughs> with, awesome. Um, with the amount, with the amount of other stuff that got through, I mean, oh that's, yes, that's amazing that they'd do that one word. Yeah, <laughs> especially the conceptual stuff because. 
I, and I must admit, I love this show and watching it again, it sort of, it so represents who I am, gambling, yes. you know, having fun, <laughs> having a laugh, not being completely PC. Um, it's very, very much up my alley. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of surprised that a single word is so highly regulated, but some of the concepts are about gambling. Like in this episode, there's a concept of, Radis's bet all everyone's money yep. um, to win the competition. So I, I don't really think that's necessarily appropriate for kids, but that sort of just flies through. That's okay. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. Oh, I, it's There's a lot of things like that, you know, um, the gambling, the betting, the violence, the, um, um, the backstabbing, <laughs> um, the lying, I suppose. You know, yeah, a lot of that yeah, sort of fair. stuff. It was, it was always seen that it was – the, the ferals was meant to be a cartoon. Um, yeah. So that was the boundary. It was saying, look, this is what they do in the cartoons. You look at the Bugs Bunny, um, early Bugs Bunny stuff, and that was what it was based on. They were saying, yeah. look, what they say there, that's what we can get away with saying as well. Okay. Um, okay. And um, there was one TV critic that actually said, re- said that the ferals was like Muppets on acid, and I, <laughs> I think that sort of summed it up pretty well as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've actually done a bonus special review of a movie called Meet the Feebles. Oh, yes. And it, I would contend that that is the Muppets on acid and yeah. speed. Because <laughs> yeah. that is very well insane. Or maybe it's the Ferals on acid. Maybe that's a You know who the director analogy. Yeah. So don't you? Yeah, Peter Jackson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I actually love his really oddball... I, I don't like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and all that stuff, but I love all these early movies. Yeah. Uh, like Brain Dead and all that stuff. Just like really crazy out there kind of things. So, um, uh, one question I need to ask because a lot of people have asked us to ask this question. Yep. Do you know if the Ferals are ever going to make it on DVD or Netflix or digital streaming, iView, anything like that? Um, I, I, I know there was a push to get it out on DVD and everything and. Um, there was a few, I don't know who was responsible. There were a couple of people responsible for getting it all up on YouTube. And I, I know there was one person who was actually haranguing me for about two and a half years to find the VHS tape that had four ferals <laughs> in a wedding. Cause I knew I, I actually did record them all, um, uh. on VHS tape years and years ago, but, yeah. uh, with the idea that one day, you know, I could actually put them onto a DVD. Um, yeah. I don't know what's happened to it. Uh, it would be great to have, you know, high-quality ones to have a look at. But to be honest, I <laughs> I actually hadn't looked at episodes until I started listening to your podcast and you guys were talking <laughs> about stuff and I went, really, what are we doing that one? And, you know, I, and that's, you know, in preparation for this podcast, I actually watched this morning, I watched um, the dentist episode, episode yeah. one, and I, you know, I'm watching, I'm going, I can't remember what happened in this episode. <laughs> um, I, I remember bits about it. That, yeah. um, that as you know, as it was going along, I went, Oh, yeah, that's right, I remember this, I remember that. So, um, but yeah, I, I haven't watched much, much of it. I love watching the goof tape because that's lots of fun, but uh. yeah, well, we, we got the copies of that from YouTube, and it, and that's the shame of it that we can't actually buy legitimate copies yeah. to actually review, that we have to go onto YouTube and uh, Same get our le- le- yeah, legitimate sources. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think the ABC will ever put them out. Sadly. Well, yeah, and I just, like, I think that that's a great thing about, like, I think the great thing about Australian culture is that you can have a laugh and take the piss out of yourself and don't, not take yourself so seriously. Yeah. And I think it's it's actually a negative thing of where we're heading, where it's ultra P- PC and 
you just can't, you know, let go a little bit and blow off a bit of steam. And I, I tend to agree with what you're saying that I'm sure that they're doing it or they're not, they don't want to release it even if they can yeah. just because like imagine social media, if, if the ferals hit uh, Netflix or something, I'm sure people would rant about, Oh, I can't believe the show was made at yeah. RRR and all that kind of stuff. So, oh, look, you know, I, I, it, for me, you know, the ferals was a fantastic time. Uh, we all had so much fun making it. And, uh, just this year, Miguel, who plays Joe, I, yep. I, you guys have talked about, he's probably the one whose career has really taken off. He's he's incredibly talented uh, performer. You know, he's done Broadway and uh, um, he's literally travelled the world doing his music. And he he was out in Australia uh, earlier in the year and I get, got to catch up with him, which was really nice. And and we just chatted and just said it was such a phenomenal time for us. We, we just... Um, learned so much about television and you know the career i've ended up in uh is because of what that time i spent at the abc you know the abc had cadet ships at that time so there were guys on the floor learning how to do sound learning how to do cameras and and because you're a puppeteer you don't have to go to makeup or wardrobe so you finish a scene and we'd give our puppets to to the puppet goddess and she'd take them off and get them changed to get into the next scene and the actors would go off to wardrobe and makeup and so you'd have this time sitting on set with the camera guys and they'd say hey look hop on the camera have a bit of fun and and we'd be learning as we were going and because of the way you'd you'd film the um you know we've got our hands up in the air with the puppets on there and the cameras are up high on their peds looking at us and we've got monitors on the ground and so we can actually see what they're shooting so that's the nice part about it so you could learn how to frame shots and and that was the great it was a great learning ground, but that sort of that's stopped now. They don't do that anymore at the ABC. Um, they don't do it at any networks, really. Um, so it was it was a great time, but I don't think it's ever going to. You know, we're never going to go back to that. Sadly. Is that the in- industry in general? You reckon? So j- just quickly, like I keep thinking of movies like the, the Terminator Two or Aliens, where you, you actually had mm. a guy dressed in, a, in an alien suit, and I feel like that's an era of of the film industry that you just can't get back now. It's all green screens and CGI, and that's that's kind of what what a lot of film is nowadays, which which unfortunately I think sucks. It lose a bit of the the essence, I think, of filmmaking yeah. in that sense. The puppeteering side, you know, I I, I was. The, I did a, I did two TV series at the end of last year, one for Channel 9 and one for Channel um, 7, both kids' kids shows. And I think it was for three three weeks and we did 90 episodes. Uh, wow. And it was... What kind of hour days were they? They were the, the normal TV days, so they were 10-hour okay. days. And, okay. And it was, it was just a sausage factory, really. You just sort of get a script, shoot it. Next script, shoot it. Next script. Whereas you know, with the ferals, you got to workshop stuff, and we got have rehearsal times, and and you know, at the end of last year, I went, oh, it's just not as fun as it used to be. Like we, mm. as as puppeteers, there's a group of us that did ferals and have done some of the movies and and work together. We we all get to do the Dolmio commercials. I don't know if you guys have seen. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was you. That's wow. Cool. <laughs> so we all get to we all get to do the Dolmio commercials, and they've they've been going for about. 12 years i think now um and and so that's like a reunion that we have as puppeteers every time we get to go on those commercials and and they film them properly you know we don't see half the stuff that we film it all goes to the uk where it's a massive market over there Hmm. oh wow okay okay if i can't get i can't get a hold of any of the original puppets i'll settle for a can of dolmio 
tomato sauce that's signed by you, please, Mal. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what, after, uh, after shoot, shooting um, pasta commercials for two, two months, the last thing you want to eat is, <laughs> is pasta. And at the end of the shoot, they have pallets of the stuff and nobody oh, wants God. to take because you can't stand the smell of it anymore. But. Uh, um, and, and in terms of, like, making the show, because it does seem like you guys had a blast making it. You can see that from the goof tapes and yeah. I think it comes out in the art and the craft of what you guys were doing. You're generally enjoying what you did. Were there any standout moments like that you can think of while making the show, like maybe a certain episode where, I don't know, maybe a really funny thing happened or or was it sort of just a really good ride all the way through? It, it really was a lot of fun. I mean, we did, we probably averaged about 12 hour days when we were shooting it and, um, I, there was something when I was watching it today, I went, man, was, the actors were really clever because all the scenes that are done in the shed, the actors are actually on um, standing up, they're work, walking on risers. So they had these mm. platforms in there that were about, um, I think they're about five foot high in the shed. So th- oh, wow. that meant that the actors, you know, could, because when we were in the shed, we wanted to be standing up. We didn't want to have to be crouched down so that we could yeah. move around because that was, you know, the feral's home. And so, all the stuff that most of the stuff in there was for us to be able to walk around with ease. But when the act, when you see the actors in there, they're they're on top of these risers that didn't have any safety barriers or anything like that. So they're just walking around. And and sometimes when Mick came running in and does his you know his comic acting of falling over or jumping <laughs> around, you know the whole thing would shake and move. And um, and there was a couple of the standby props guys that used to sort of hang on the edge of these things just hanging on to make sure that they didn't fall apart when Mick, when he did his jumping around and, um, <laughs> you sort of think gee they did well you know what they were doing you know to work with to work with the puppeteers and and the eye line and you know keeping the straight face because we're all down there pulling faces that's that's the funny thing when you think about <laughs> t- to do a puppet character to get into the character and to and to put those ex- that expression in, you're actually trying to channel whatever expressions you put on your face and put it through onto your hand. You know, as I'm talking now, my hands are going around, you know, making funny movements. But um, there's, a, there's a great photo that someone took of us, um, all the puppeteers, and we're all gasping with surprise. And you look at the puppets in the top part and they're all surprised, but then you look at all of our faces and we're all pulling faces because we're all surprised as well. And, you know, I think for the actors running around on these platforms and having to make contact with the, the eye lines of the, of the puppets and you're seeing these funny actors underneath or these puppeteers underneath pulling funny faces, I think they did really well. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's amazingly seamless. Like, I, 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 when we were watching some of the behind-the-scenes clips, we saw that the the rises that you were speaking of, and yeah. I, I didn't even realize that that was the case. Mm. Like, from my perspective, it looked pretty seamless. It looked like, you know, Joe's just walking in, walking out of the shed, and then to think back, oh, no, actually, he would have been standing, what was it, five foot in the air? Yeah. To actually, you know, do that. It's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, they were, they, were, they did really well. And, uh, yeah, so Joe's place had um, smaller risers and they used to, yeah, everything was on a rise, like all the, his um, his place and uh, Robbie and Leonard's oh, really? um, place, that was on smaller risers so that we could pull channels out so that we could sort of walk through. So there were times when, you know, there were massive big gaps in the floor that the actors were stepping over so that we could walk through. There, oh, wow. Well, uh, there was one funny thing. So this is um, next time you see the puppets all in the couch, at uh, Robbie yep. and Leonard's place, um, 
we used to so when you see the puppet sitting on the couch, we're all underneath there, obviously, um, yep. squished in there. And because it was such a hard position to get into, we'd often be in there for a couple of hours. And um, the joke was, you know, you've been sentenced to the couch for the day just to do this <laughs> scene. And, and you're working closely with, you know, to make the puppets look good, you get yourself into these ridiculous positions. And, and the general rule was if you were uncomfortable and the shot was going to look really good because it meant it was going to work. And, you know, so we'd be... You know, you sometimes have your head stuck in someone else's armpit, or you know, in some in this some place. You know, your butt would be pretty close to someone else's face, and um, so yeah, we we had heaps of fun doing it. Um, I think my butt was pretty close when we did those car scenes with Keith. That was that was fun. That was an improv, actually. I don't. Um, oh, really? So Keith and Kylie um, in the car. It was just the car was just meant to be in the background of the shot because it was meant to be the tip. I think. And um, and I just hopped in it one day just for a bit of fun and pushed Keith's ears back. And, you know, he's great, just driving, going, mad. <laughs> yeah, as I said, it was like Death Proof, the Tarantino film. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So the car wasn't actually meant to be a part of the show, or was that just like a specific scene that you're talking about? Um, I think what happened was we'd, um, we, we did play around a lot with – um, on set, mucking about. Have I still got yeah. guys? And um, yep. and as we were mucking about, the, some of the writers would come in and see stuff that we were doing between scenes. And, and when they saw that, they went, "Oh, we could put that into a script." And I think that's my, <laughs> that's maybe what happened with the car. Because uh, okay. I think that was a David Witt script. I think David. Yeah, David used to love Keith, so he used to write him into a lot of scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'd do the same thing. I, I think he's my would. cult favourite. I must say. Well, we did vote on him, didn't we? Absolutely the cult favourite. Yeah, yeah, I had so much fun with Keith. And um, just to let you know, I think it was a question, yes, he was always stoned because he'd had too many complaints. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and as, as – You um, mean he was or the, or the puppeteer was? No, 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 no. Just the puppet. Just okay. Keith. Um, <laughs> And I did. I don't know when his overalls came in. He had a set of overalls, um, which I actually still oh, yeah, have. Yeah. The overalls actually moved to another puppet character that I do with another friend. But in <laughs> in the pocket of the overalls at the back, there was a um, a TOB horses guide. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, in the front section, in in one of the pockets was a condom, and in the other packet, <laughs> someone found. Um, <laughs> A Japanese little packet of what it would call gummies, because Keith was always going, "Where are my gummies? Who's got my gummies? Where are gummies?" <laughs> that's so cool. That's awesome. The most important question that I have is the continuity expert. I mean, that that, oh. that blew my mind. Is is that a thing in most of the TV shows you worked on that they have a standalone oh, yeah. continuity expert? Yeah, yeah, and they, they, you know, a continuity person is is incredibly important because you never shoot the scenes in order. You know, you shoot all the scenes for the shed or whatever it might be, and then you go to shoot something else. So you got to make sure that you know if someone's running out of the shed with a handkerchief in their left hand when they run into the Robbie and Leonard's place, you know, it's still in that hand or whatever they're wearing um, is in that way. And so I think there's one episode I don't know I can't remember what it was because it was actually funny was. 
um, might have been a blackout or something, and there's, there's a whole lot of candles around the place. Um, and because of the way it was shot, you know, they'd light the candles, and you didn't think so. As soon as you finished a scene, uh. some of the standby guys would run around put the candles out, and then when you go to do the do another take, they'd light the candles. And if you watch it, the candles between scenes, because of the order it was shot, would sort of go down, up, down, up, down, up. <laughs> <laughs> Only became obvious at the end. But, yeah, because oh, you know, it's a very, very important mind. job. See, we, 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 we're pretty we're stupid. So I was always thinking continuity is between episodes, not in the episode itself. Oh. I never really thought about the fact that you guys would shoot out of order and there'd have to be someone's job to actually make sure it's all flowing and, yeah. you know, that it actually stacks up together. That makes a lot more sense now. I don't think there's actually any continuity between episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, because yeah, we were trying to figure out what's this continuity expert doing. We, <laughs> we don't understand. <laughs> No, no, no. no it it there's no continuity between episodes. I know that. Oh, <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Well, now, I think I, we'll move. Oh, yeah. Go I on. Just, I, I, one last question I have to ask is: Do the ferals exist in the same universe as bananas in pajamas? You've you've been involved in both. Um, do you reckon they're they're in the same universe? Because well, that'll kill my theory. <laughs> There was an episode in Feral TV, which I know. See, when you mention Feral TV, there's there's this um, people don't like Feral TV who love the Ferals, and you know, there's people mm. who love Feral TV but don't like the Ferals. Um, there was, you know, for us who worked on the show, it was just a continuity between the two. It was just disappointing that the actors weren't there. Um, but there is one episode where um, Radis actually says. Um, something about having this room full of pajamas and a room full of bananas, and what the heck am I going to do with them? You know, you never make any, you never make any money out of bananas and pajamas. Um, <laughs> that awesome. was about the only connection between the, the between the two. Um, but Emma, who did Mixie, she worked on bananas from the beginning. She was Maggie the Magpie, oh, wow. and uh, and then we when the when the bananas ended up having the. Uh, the farmyard animals, which uh, Gregory and Peck, the chickens, Dolly the sheep, and Camembert the cow, and Pedro the pig. So we did those together. But yeah, okay. no no continuity between the, the two shows, sadly. Ah, <laughs> oh, destroying destroying oh. our universe, Bill. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to take it upon myself to make that connection. Although we're shot in the same studio, if that helps. <laughs> there we go. That that's that's all I need. You'll probably you'll probably as you listen to the show hear all of our our theories around. Yeah. All the little things inside of the show, whether Robbie and Leonard were related in any way, because it was like a little line in one episode. Oh yeah, they said, "Oh, we're gonna meet. We're gonna go back to the family, like uh, when they're going to Christmas." So yeah, well, now, we and obviously this show apart. we we have sorry, we have a you know a big thing about Lenny having it in for Robbie, so that we, <laughs> we didn't want that to be true. Well, <laughs> at the time, I think in series one. Um, Joe and Robbie, Miguel and Kylie actually were going out for a little while. Oh, wow. Um, I did not know that. But, you know, that was never put into the show. Um, (laughs) So there was nothing there. Um, Brian, who was Leonard, Brian was always asleep on set. Um, So, you know, there was no chance for him doing anything. I think you might have seen in one of the goof tapes where – uh, there's a bit of an argument going on between um, Kylie and Brian, um, which was a dead serious argument that was going on, though, and it was all over whether the blinds should be up or down. Um, 
And it's funny when I sort of you look at that and think, man, that was it's come across quite funny in the goof tape, but it was a really heated argument. But um, that was about I think that was the only argument that was ever had on set. Um, yeah, it seemed like a very positive set. It, it was that sort of always the way. Oh the yeah, seasons. It, it was. It was such fun, and and the crew. We always had the same crew, and they always wanted to work on the show. And I occasionally I bump into um, a couple of the camera people that are still there that haven't been uh, given their handshakes and said goodbye by the ABC. But they they loved it, um, and it was it was like a family. You know, you go in and and. And it was different because there were no egos because none of us, apart from Brian who'd been on a show called GP, none of us had really worked in the industry. So we're all sort of nobodies and, you know, being a puppeteer, nobody knows who you are anyway. So you can hide. And, um, and well, well, apart from three crazy guys that yeah, are going ever right. same way. Because <laughs> uh, whenever you're mentioning people's names, we're all aware of who they are, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of scary. <laughs> Oh, well, I, it was funny because I go, the, you know, I, I keep in touch with Kylie, um, Emma, who's Mixie, she and I have known each other. The story is that I actually went to visit her the day she was born in hospital because our parents were very good friends. Oh, wow. Um, and, and then David, who, who's Radis, I used to keep it, you know, we'd see him and, and Terry on the, the Dolmio commercials. Uh, yeah. So the only person that sort of didn't fit into it, Kylie went off. Uh, she married an American guy, and so she's in LA, I think. Yeah, LA. Um, but she works in a works for one of the zoos over there. Oh. Um, and she hasn't changed a bit. She's still as gorgeous as she was twenty years ago. Um, so the only person we haven't seen is Brian. And then occasionally you'll see a commercial. And I was, I was watching TV on the weekend, and I, I saw he's in another commercial. <laughs> I'm trying yes. to remember. We saw that. Uh, yeah. It was a it was a gas commercial, like a, a petrol. Oh commercial. yeah, for Velocity. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it was, Velocity. Yeah. yeah. It's so scary because, like, I was watching TV and I'm like, yep. "Is that Brian? Is that <laughs> Brian?" So I'm I like, took a video oh, of it God. and sent it to the guy. No, no, you you said, "Is that Lenny?" Is that? I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, I did. Yeah. So he's still working in the industry. So yeah. Or yeah. well, we'd love to have people on, like, because I, for us, we want to sort of go through all the episodes and yeah. put it on the internet and sort of have it as a record. So. We're going to try to reach out to as many people as possible and, you know, have quick interviews or whatever people were wanting to do. Um, yeah, we should do it. We I think it's a really classic show. A reunion oh, I've enjoyed awesome. it. So, a reunion? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that will ever happen. But, um, okay, so I want to move on to the episode. But before yep. I do that, I want to give you a plug. So, we haven't discussed this beforehand. But I saw that you're a photographer and I especially want to plug this because i love your website's url like the actual domain name it's very funny i don't think the guys know it um so if anyone who is listening needs and they're in sydney and they need a wedding social corporate event photographer get in touch with mel at heapsofphotos.com see what he did there (laughs) (laughs) you have to have a fun name and then come on it's it's a feral Doing your photos. What could go wrong? Oh. <laughs> it could be um, your worst nightmare, fellas. <laughs> Have you ever been requested uh, to do the voices at a wedding? <laughs> um, no. I, I A couple of the corporate clients I've worked for, I've, I've done voices for them occasionally. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it, it, it's amazing who you bump into who actually watched the show and loved it. And uh, so yeah, it's always fun to bring out the voices. 
Fantastic. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, so are you happy to dive in the episode with us? Yeah, I'd love to. If you guys want it. me to hang around, I'm happy to do oh, that. Of so. course, of course. You can do the rest of the season with us if you want. <laughs> no, no, kidding. <laughs> no, then I, um, I can't enjoy listening to you guys. No, enjoy. Is that what you call it? Jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was um, a nice uh, nice step around that question. Good, good job. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the episode opens with Radis you know, hoeing into a piece of cheese and Joe in his corner. And it really made me think of Paulie from Rocky and he's his trainer and he's getting there and, you know, trying to pump him up and get him going. Um, so I, I thought it was quite funny how Radis was eating in this scene. Um, and then the line, do you guys remember the line that he actually said where he wants to get more cheese and Darren's like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll go pay for it. I'll go buy it. And Radis just jumps over to him. He's like, no, no, no. Don't don't buy it, Durbrain. Snaffle it. I don't. I've never actually heard the word snaffle before. Do you know what the word snaffle is? I thought it was. I thought I misheard it. I'm like, no, it couldn't be snaffle. Um, I'm cursing. I didn't Google it. I don't know. I Mel, it's steel, steel, right? Right? It was snaffle. Yeah, the steel, the pinch, yeah. the steel. Okay, the pinch yeah. steel. Underhanded. Yeah. yeah. Now so there's something interesting. Boy, this is the first no time idea. you actually see Radis with a fake hand. I don't know if you notice it. There was the puppet goddess's hand hitting there, so she could hold the cheese, so he could eat it. Oh. So these are insights that we're getting into this yeah. episode are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so the plot line of this uh, episode and how it's set up is that Radis is going to enter into an eating competition, uh, and he's training for this eating competition, and we see that Joe is organising the eating competition, but also training Radis. It's questionable uh, ethics there in terms of being impartial. <laughs> um, well, there's so money we... involved, those two are best friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I love the, them. <laughs> did you guys catch the uh, the awesome T-shirts that Radis and Darren were wearing? The champ ones? So I caught, yeah, I, yep. caught the, I caught them late in the piece. Yeah, yeah so, so what, it's what easy to see in a, in a follow-up scene, but Radis has got the champ T-shirt. And Darren has the chump yep. t-shirt, which is yeah. brilliant. It's a really good oh, t-shirt. So uh, and then we flip to Lenny and Robbie, who Lenny, again, is helping out Joe, and Robbie is helping out Joe. I never have really understood why Lenny and Robbie help out Joe constantly, even though they're kind of like, do they like him? Do they dislike him? They seem to pity him well, more than anything. You know, that I'm pretty sure that uh, Joe actually owns their place as well, so they've got to pay him rent. So it's a way of keeping on side with Joe. Is that true? I, I think that's I, I, I think that's right. I this could be inside information yeah. that we never knew. Oh, I'm pretty sure that was what it this was. Cha- changes everything. This changes everything. <laughs> we got to we got to go back to season one and do it all over again. <laughs> you've got to re-record. I'm, I might have to go back and check that one as well. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that does make sense. They're neighbours. Um, I remember when he bought the... It's so sad how much I know about the show now. Um, you know more than I do. <laughs> so, yeah, they did... He. I remember when he bought the place, because I, I can remember the first episode and they were, like, debating about this guy who's buying it, but I never thought that maybe it was one big block or something and he had two houses on it and a shed. Um, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Um, and, I, I look, I thought in this episode, just to call it out in general, Lenny was, like, real... Not bizarre, but he's just acting really funny throughout the whole episode. I actually I, picked up more things the second time I watched it. Yeah, what, what did you think, Sweeney? I'm, I'm the same. I picked up a few things I didn't notice because I had to watch it again because I lost my notes. Um, 
and yeah, I reckon this this episode has probably had some of his best little moments that yeah. are just just fantastic. Which is yeah, little bits where he'll like say something really silly. Like in this scene, he goes, <laughs> "I just wanted to call this out." He goes, "Well, the mouth is where all the action happens." <laughs> in describing uh, his mouth cam, <laughs> which made me laugh. Um, and the, and in this episode, the B plot is Robbie, who is after her dentist. Mm. Um, and who is also going to be the judge of the cheese eating competition? <laughs> Not what sure a, really how that works. What a twist! <laughs> There's a lot of uh, insider trading. What would you call this? <laughs> That's uh, true. There's a lot of mixed responsibilities in this episode, isn't there? It's called cheap ABC. I think it was what it was. We couldn't have two people in there. <laughs> I know. I noticed there's there's rarely ever more than one cameo in the same episode. <laughs> oh, 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 speaking um, of the same episode, I I forgot to ask this question. Was there ever a scene? Because we're asking this in in season one, where you have both Marty and Keith in the same same scene. Yeah, there there was the rule was they weren't meant to be together uh, in the same scene, but there was one episode where they're actually having this big argument. And it does get a little bit confusing when I have to talk to Marty. No, it's not that confusing. Keep your silly. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good switch. It's amazing. It is confusing. So, yeah, my, my kids were um, loved it when I used to argue with the di- different puppet characters I have. So. <laughs> actually, I didn't Maybe have kids when we were doing it. So, Did your so, kids actually, did they watch The Ferals? Um, No. My daughter, um, she was, I think she was three when I started doing bananas. Uh, oh, okay. So she came on the set for bananas and she, yeah, so oh, wow. she, well, I used to do, Mixie had, we did morning breakfast, um, morning television. Emma, Emma had Mixie doing morning TV and I had a puppet character with her called Joe the kangaroo who is her next door neighbor. And so, yeah, my kids got to see that and come on that. So... They've watched a bit of the episodes of The Ferals. Um, I think my son's getting to the age now where I might have to introduce him to it again. Yeah. <laughs> just He doesn't well, need to watch it. Just show him to get him to this podcast. That's all he needs. Uh, Either way, we've got to corrupt him somehow. You know, it's it's a weird thing, I think, for my teenage kids to go, oh, yeah, my dad does puppets. He plays with dolls. Uh, the only cool thing that... <laughs> That I've got away with that they've actually I've heard them talking about was when I did um and he's a, he's a big name drop I I got to work on um the Wolverine movie oh and, wow um so I I did the bear at the beginning of the movie um oh yeah wow so that was a bit of, that was a bit of fun three days out in the in the bush in Oberon um fil- wow. filming thirty seconds of of a film um, so that so, was yeah. the that was the latest one because obviously they they did two Wolverine movies so that was the the most recent one was it yeah the one where he goes back to Japan ah yes oh, yeah okay. so, no I've seen that one yeah it's good. so a lot of that was shot in Australia so <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> talking of continuity that was the very last scene for the entire the yeah the very last um uh, setup that they did for that entire movie that was that scene and it came came in about the first 10 minutes of the entire movie, so... Yeah, I remember it at the start of the film. It's funny, yeah, like, obviously, I've got no idea about film and cinema and stuff like that and how they make it, but yeah. I guess See, it's all sort of timing, schedules, budgets, all that kind of stuff, so... I, I feel a strong connection because, you know, I, I've been in movies as well. I was on the set of Ghost Rider. I had a very right. important role, you know. <laughs> I, was, 
Well, I I had to uh, stand in front of a door while a uh, a stunt driver drove down the street. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> didn't get a credit, so I'm. Still uh, well, we don't know yet. You may be in the extended credits on IMDb. Uh, we may be. We're just not willing to pay the money to open that up. Uh, um, so yeah, flipping back to the episode again. Yeah. So in this scene, we have Keith, um, and he's and he's watching Radis. Uh, his Keith. Hand. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to keep this straight. Um, so, yeah, we have Keith here, who um, he's watching Radis bash his head against the tree because Radis has he's damaged his tooth. Um, so, obvi- and another thing that we've noticed in this show is bashing your head solves a lot of problems, mm. or so the characters think at least. Um, and yeah, there's a great line by Keith here about being a protected species that I quite liked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is yeah where I noticed the champ versus chump thing. Uh, then what do we do? Then we flip back to Mixie and Moddy, who are cleaning out the fridge, trying to find some cheese for Radis, and then we learn about how Robbie loves this, uh, dentist named Brad Ivory. I, I don't know about you guys, but I felt like they really wanted the audience to know that the guy's name's Brad Ivory. Yeah. Did you, they said did you guys pick up on that? They did. Well, you know, there was a big thing about having really corny names in the show, so. Well, like Joe King. Well, you know what his middle name is. No, I don't, we don't know, actually. Oh, yes, it's unofficial. His middle name was Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I like just the levels of understanding as we went through that joke. I like it. <laughs> um, oh. And, yeah, we have we have Lenny coming up with some digital cheese cams, mouth cams, stomach cams, all all different types of cams. Hey, You've got to remember, this was way before those sort of cameras actually came out. So. Oh, yeah, so he's... That's revolutionary when you think about it. Lenny invented the GoPro. He did. He did. He, did. he actually did have <laughs> 20 years before it Essentially came out. what would be a GoPro, exactly. Uh, um, what else do we have in this that Oh, and that I found it really weird how when Joe heard about um, this guy Brad Ivory that he knew him like straight off the bat and that he was one of his sponsors even though we've never heard of this guy before, and I guess it's going on about that continuity again and the lack thereof. Um, the we- in this scene when uh, when I was taking notes the second time I watched it, yeah, uh, I was about to write down, uh oh, Robbie's Robbie's got it bad for this dentist or something," and I'm like, <laughs> "No, no, that's that's not very good. That's that's not very PC." <laughs> and then. I forgot that Joe goes, oh, you got a bad girl. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I even thought it was too, too un-PC for this podcast and said in the show. I did like that as well. I think well, I, out of the human characters, probably Joe is our favorite. Um, and I did like that line. I thought that was hilarious. It's very funny in the show. Yeah. Um, so now, yeah, we, we flip back to um, Darren bandaging up uh, Radis and <laughs> I thought this was funny because like this is a theme that we often talk about how it's, the show often scares kids or jokes about these type of things and he's talking about the dentist and how horrible the dentist is and you want to stay away from him he's, they're evil they're out to get you <laughs> yeah. um, I thought that was quite funny but yeah this is probably why I haven't been to the dentist I was going to say I've got a cavity <laughs> epidemic in Australia <laughs> now Radis said don't say the D word <laughs> and I thought to myself, is there a D word? So I actually went on to Google thinking, are there any words that people consider to be the D word? Because obviously you've got 
the C word, you got the F word, you got the N I think, word. I think there's a D word. I know what it, it is. Is, is that the one that's not penis, but it's like penis? Because I can't say the word. No, it's Darren. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so the I was very disappointed. The the results I got: divorce, death. Apparently, people call those a D word. Oh, I got really? a, a song called the D word by Tony Braxton and Babyface. Okay. I got a global <laughs> community of documentary makers, but. I couldn't actually find much else than that, but I did find one that a uh, website that said why dogmas matters. Now that's what I read it as. <laughs> okay. Dogmas. I'm thinking, is that like Christmas with dogs? And then I go, oh wait, dogmas as in the religious dogmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, now I'm disappointed there's not a website telling me why dogmas actually matters. So I'm yeah, I was a little disappointed. <laughs> this is oh, this is why I chuckle when I, I listen to your podcast because this is you going you go into depth about what the D word means. <laughs> I don't the mean. D word means dentist. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> Thanks, Mal. It was like that joke. What was the joke? Uh, what's the difference between um, <laughs> something and a hole in the ground? Wasn't it? Yeah, a chocolate covered yes. kangaroo and a hole in the ground. And a ho- yeah. What is it? Because we was still that- don't know. <laughs> a hole in I, the ground. I hate that. I hate that. That's, that, that, that came about. I think I actually laughed out loud on the train. Um, that came about because Emma, she she tells these really weird jokes, and that was one of her really weird jokes that had no meaning. It didn't mean a thing, and it was like, it's going to go in the show. So it was an in joke, really. It was an in joke, wow. but it was no joke. So we all laugh. And then I was laughing about you guys trying to figure out what this joke actually meant. I can't believe that we've actually got more information, but yet we still don't know the answer. <laughs> Correct. There is no, no source of it even. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just painful. Um, yeah, I'm just going off the charts here. Um, oh, yeah. So this is also where we find out that Radis has actually gambled all of the Feral's money that he will win this competition, which is what won for the last, I can't actually remember, three years, I think it was, three years running. Do you, well, do you remember, Swinney? It's it's the fifth annual event, and I think it said three years. I can't remember the exact thing. Okay. So this is the kind of level of detail that we want now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell I us, think. mate, it was all made up. <laughs> uh, um. I'm just trying to think if there was anything else that was funny. I mean, there was a wind-up punch from Moddy uh, into Radis. I love those punches. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. I, I don't want to ruin it, but there's a scene later where um, she gets punched shy. Yeah. I, I, we'll cover it when we get up to it. <laughs> they, um, the ferals, uh, when they grabbed Radis, and it's like they were going to torture him with a chisel. That was really full-on. Oh, yeah, that bit. Yeah, yeah, that was this scene, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So, like, I had, how did they get away with those kind of scenes, Mel? Because that was extreme. It's like, let's let's hold him down, and it's like, I've always wanted to do this. That is the worst impression ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> um, how did we get away with it? I don't know. It just was like, that's that's what you do in the cartoons. That's what they used to do. You know, you'd bring out. It's yeah. You bring true. out a chisel. You bring out as long as you don't I mean, say the word "damn," then you're all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And bring out that dang chisel. You know, I can't remember if we bought out chainsaws, but maybe that was something else I've been thinking of. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> we've got that to look forward to. Clearly, I know chainsaws. Wow. I guess it's, yeah. I never really thought about that. That it's kind of like 
impersonating a cartoon. Um, but I think it is really different. And this is, I've said this to the guys a lot of times that if I was into filmmaking, I'd like to make a horror film using puppeteering rather than, um, computer graphics because there's something about the classic horror films that when you're watching it, you know that, you know, sure, there's manipulation, but it's not computer generated manipulation. You know, that people have physically done things and it's somehow just scarier. Like, The Exorcist to me is a great example of this. Where I still I'm, feel like that's the scariest movie I've seen. I'm disappointed. I thought you meant that the horror movie featured puppets, like they were the there was a puppet serial killer <laughs> and then the puppet victims. There and is one. Like foam that, flying that's, everywhere. That's never been covered before. A puppet <laughs> serial killer. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, okay, and then yeah, this is this is where the ferals, upon knowing now that their money is on the line, they really need to fix Radis's tooth. So they drag Radis to Robbie's place, um, and then after you know real big prodding, and they're basically like, "Oh, you're you're studying medicine. You can help him." And she's like, "Oh, I'm not a doctor, but oh, okay. Or I'm not a dentist. Oh, yeah, I'll help him anyway." I'm um, not a brain surgeon. I'll just I'll just look at these charts and tell you. What's I know, wrong. I know. That's what I thought of as well. <laughs> There's a lot of that in this show where it's just like. <laughs> the characters should not be doing this. It's completely unethical, but it's like, oh, well, whatever. Yep. Um, Is that how you got your degree, yeah. Luke? You do have a degree, pretty right? Pretty much. I just, I just say that I have a degree in uh, pretty much eh, the same. Eh. <laughs> it's science of something, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I do like how they they coax uh, Radis to actually get his mouth inspected. Moddy slams on his foot. Where, where, and then Mixie jams like a stick to wedge his mouth open. I thought yeah. that was quite amusing. Um, and what was it? Yeah, so Robbie just said, oh, you've got a cavity and you need to go to a dentist. I think I wrote a note, something like, oh, really? Thank you for that, Robbie. <laughs> we didn't realise that. Um, was there anything else in this scene that you guys noticed or thought it was funny? Or So you didn't notice that the, uh, the stick being put in was actually footage that was shot in reverse? Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. So each no, time a stick wow. goes. Awesome. Yeah. Well, how can a puppet put a stick in another puppet's mouth? <laughs> when you we say it like that, mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier easier to pull out something. So yeah, that close up of the mouth <laughs> stick going in, it's in reverse. That, that, wow, that's that's blown my mind. Is that like quite a common thing that occurs throughout the show? Because I I think. Not one time have we ever thought anything like that or discussed anything like that. Is it is it common? Across um, the show? There, there's there's a lot of um, I wouldn't call it trick photography, but you know there's there's a lot of stuff that you have to think about how you're going to shoot it so that you can make it work. Um, yeah, okay. You know, like suddenly popping up with a baseball bat and all of that stuff. There's a lot of people running around at the bottom of a scene that you don't uh, bottom of a shot that you don't see because they're carrying props yep. around for you. Um, and, and just on that, how many would be? How many people worked on the show? Like ballpark oh, in total, um, like fifty, a hundred, forty. I 20? think I think on set when we we're on set, there was probably about thirty on set, and then you would have had the wardrobe people, um, and then the editors, and then the. Um, uh, so you're probably about fifty, I think, all up. Oh wow! Okay, that's amazing. Okay. Um, more than I thought of. I think there was a publicity person, but we never even saw them, which is probably part of the reason that Ferrell's never <laughs> took off. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not bitter in any way about that. 
<laughs> I look. I, I genuinely think, and especially now going back and watching every episode, you know, it's always hits and misses. But there's some genuine, like, very funny, good humor, and appealing to that you know, twelve, thirteen year old kid would love it. I was, I was really surprised because I remember growing up, I was around that age, and sort of when it went to Feral's TV, I was really like, "What is this? I don't like this." What, mm. what happened to the original show? Um, but yeah, I, I, like, I I don't think we even really covered that, but what was the, like, when did you guys find out that it was like, oh no, we're not going to do the Ferals anymore. We're going to do Ferals TV. Was it close to the end of season two or was it just a year after? Oh, I can't remember. It was was a long time ago. It was just like, this is what it's going to be. It was, it was pretty much, it might've been because, um, Oh look, I, I I've got no idea really why. I, it probably was a budget thing, to be honest, with the ABC. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've got I've got no idea why, and I can't remember. We were I think we were told we'd be doing another series, but it wouldn't be the same as it as it has been. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, so yeah, the ferals are trying to convince Radis to to extract his tooth and say about how the tooth fairy will come. Um, I, I so now the next scene that we see is Darren dressed up as the tooth fairy, and the ferals are trying to convince him to get go to the dentist. I, I thought this was really funny, but I I felt like this could have been a lot funnier. I don't know how to say. I, I think whenever the show goes off on a real tangent and goes real f- fantastical, they're the best parts of the show yeah so for instance the mary poppins thing i think that's still our favorite part of the entire show so far because it's just so out there and outrageous and bizarre and just like crazy so i was just kind of hoping for that terry did enjoy being dressed up as the tooth fairy or darren being dressed up as the tooth fairy a little bit (laughs) didn't seem to get into it (laughs) (laughs) um i can't remember if it was around mardi gras time we actually shot this but there were a number of people on in cast in the cast and um, a few of the crew who used to actually take part in the Mardi Gras, and uh, Terry was one of those people who used to enjoy that time of year. And I think when it came to dressing <laughs> up Darren as a queen, as a fairy, uh, he <laughs> he was actually uh, able to oh, let's say how, how do I how do I say this politically correctly? Uh, <laughs> I think Terry enjoyed it a lot more it. than some of us would have. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Terry was a great. I mean, Terry's a, a dear friend, and um, and we used to bag him out severely to begin with because he was very much a a monitor hog. We had one color monitor on set that we could look at, and it was a it was a big. Um, I think it was a huge forty inch color monitor, and the the rest of them were these tiny little black and white things, and um, and Terry always had to have the big color monitor um, to watch <laughs> to see stuff. <laughs> That's we awesome. had the most colourful puppet, probably. Yeah, so well, it was funny. You know, watching that scene, that ch- I had a good chuckle seeing Darren dressed up as a fairy. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. That <laughs> and, and you did and notice that the uh, his wand was actually toothbrushes, didn't you? Oh, I didn't notice oh, that. Oh, no. I, didn't I was wondering about what the wand was. Low it looked really weird. 240p, yeah. Because I was wondering as well, like, <laughs> yeah, what is this? <laughs> And again, I like how he gets hit on the head. It's always about smashing people in the head. It yeah, solves yeah. every problem. <laughs> so that was another um, classic one where, where Terry's running around with it and then Tina would have been underneath um, 
both, you know, underneath the set. And so she would have been waving the wand round for Terry at that point. Oh. And then she would grab Radice's hand and she would put the two rods together. So there would have been three rods, the one with the toothbrush wand on it and Radice's hand with his rod on it and um, Darren's hand with his rod on it and would have, she would have passed it between the two and then she would have done the clunk on Darren's head because David would have been underneath the box that he was lying in hidden from the rest of it. So, oh, so wow. we just take it for granted that it's, oh, it's puppets doing this. Yeah, after we got in contact, Don't I was like, like this. <laughs> exactly. Like, after we got in contact, the second time I watched the episode, which was today, I actually was starting to think about the art of what you do and sort of thinking, hang on a second, how are you doing that? You've only got two hands. It's not even possible. Like, yeah. even with any contraption. So, because Tina for us is known as the puppet doctor. Yeah. And I, I think, I, I don't know if we can adopt a puppet goddess. Like, for no. us, I think it's always <laughs> going to be the puppet doctor. Yeah, no, um, doctor. <laughs> we didn't realize that she was actually participating in the actual filming and like moving the actual puppets around as well. So it's yeah, so there were lots of scenes um, where there were complex scenes where we'd actually have other people helping out with things. I mean, most of the time it's the actual puppeteer where you do you do the the two hands and the mouth, um, and you, you're doing it all. Yeah, and you know that was just the skill learning how to manipulate the rods to make the hands do the different things. And you know, I, I learned how to punch and you know do a a jab and a, a left hook pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, actually, that's that's true. So with that kind of stuff, do you practice that? Because Moddy is throughout the season and throughout the series punching people, particularly yeah. Radis. Would, would you actually like practice that at home or on set before shooting? We we had a long rehearsal time for the for the shows, and we used to the ABC had a big rehearsal room with um, I think it was their dance studio and had mirrors there, so you'd you'd be in front of the mirrors and you practice. So yeah, there was there was a heap of practice that went into it to make it, to make it look as as realistic as you could, and it does. It looks really awesome. Like there was even another scene in in this episode actually where uh, Darren does something stupid. I think as he's talking about his mind, it might be actually up ahead. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to ruin it. But um, and then the expression on Moddy and Mixie where they're sort of like putting their arms on their hips, like oh, you're such an idiot, like yeah. you know that kind of expression. I noticed that the second time I watched it, I thought, oh, that's that's pretty good. Like, and I, I think Swinney's picked up on things like that in the past, where like Darren's tail will be wagging, or yeah. just like little little effects that and little nuances that it's kind of like maybe you don't need to do it, but it's kind of the art of it. Yeah. To, to well, whenever really you, whenever you see Darren's tail wagging, that is Tina. That was the puppet. Oh, really? Every time. Oh wow. Okay, so we're learning so much from this. <laughs> she should have. She should have got a credit. <laughs> You know, tail wagger. It's like Darren Tail yeah. <laughs> and well, and Puppet Doctor. We, we have the power to uh, to get that heard. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, we're putting it out there. <laughs> um, so the next scene, that, you know, it's the next sort of trick or next scheme that the ferals have to remove uh, Radis's tooth is the oldest trick. I've actually had this happen to me, not in in terms of a surprise, but where um, you put a string around a tooth and you slam the door. Yeah. So Moddy, you know, leads the instructions, says, Darren, put the string on the tooth and give me the signal and I'll slam the door. Darren does this and proceeds to get his own tooth removed instead of Radis's tooth. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really nice touch that they removed the tooth, the iconic tooth from his puppet for this episode. be interested to see if it's in next episode, they've reattached it again. <laughs> 
<laughs> Same as uh, so the size, size of that tooth, though, was whopping. Huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and the sad thing is, we've watched this so carefully that there was one part where they said, oh, it's bigger. Than, uh, Moddy actually said, it's bigger than your brain. Yeah. And I thought back to the brain scans that are in that episode. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's probably right. I remember his brain was like a peanut. That was that <laughs> was, was a classic mixy line, too, wasn't it? It's the size of a peanut. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't do mixed voice. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I try to do your voices. <laughs> not, not that bad. Though. Uh, um, was this uh, was this the scene where Moddy uh, calls Radis a gutless wonder? I don't know. Don't know. Well, I don't know if she called Radis a gutless wonder, but I just thought that's such a good Australian slang insult that I just rarely hear these days. And what it did, it, it uh, gave me an idea. So yep. we often talk about Mike and his, uh, you know, his faux Russian <laughs> heritage, which is not Russian. Close enough. Anyway, <laughs> so Mike, Mike, you've uh, you've lived in this country for a very long time now, but I'm giving you a chance to completely nationalise yourself. Okay. I want to give you a very quick slam. Does it, does it mean okay. I got to eat Vegemite and go to Centrelink or? No, I think you're already doing that, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm on my way. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> so, a very, very quick slang quiz. It's five slang words and you need to tell me what they are, okay? Okay. They, these are pretty easy, but if you get all five right, then you're 100% Australian. That's it. Okay. <laughs> this is the new citizenship. <laughs> <test>. Thank you, <laughs> yes, Brian. <it> true bleed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike. The first word, Ambo. Uh, ambulance. Correct. Real. Second word, ch- chunda. Chunda. Oh no! Oh come on! You'll be spewing if you get this one wrong, mate. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, okay. I'm a, I'm a bad uh, Australian. You got that one wrong. Okay, so, so I'm only fifty percent Australian so far. That's uh, that's vomit, as Keith so. Oh. Um, <laughs> so you be spewing? <laughs> but see, I, I was I wasn't in, in in Melbourne when you guys had those spewing sessions because he kept getting drunk. <laughs> anyway, third question. Okay, the third one is Savo with an S. Stavo with an S. No, Savo. 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 Yeah. Man, th- you said these were going to be easy. <laughs> this one's this. I got to admit, this one's a bit of a. Cop out, but I, I actually don't know what this is. It's not like a, yeah, like a service like... station, is it? <laughs> no, that's your survey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? An, you know what Arvo means, yeah? Arvo. Yeah, yeah, I know what Arvo is. Yeah. What is it? The afternoon. Okay, Savo is this afternoon. It's like oh. that, yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah, but anyway. when you say it like that, I, I wouldn't even get it. See, and yeah. he was so, older in Australia. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. All right. Sambo. Sambo. <laughs> is that is that like an M? Amb- back to Russia. Back, back to Mother Russia. I have no idea. I'm just going to go drink vodka and cry. Sambo Sambo means sandwich. Really? And the, and the last one is... Wait, hang on. Did Lotto. you know that one, Luke? Be honest. Yeah, of course. Okay, right. I do. I did know that one. Okay. That one the I last really one know. is Blotto. Blotto. Dono. (laughs) (laughs) 
That means to get really drunk. So I've never even heard oh, sorry. that. Sorry, you guys you, never you use that language. How would I know? You, know? you could say you're going to have a sambo the savo, and if you get blotter, you'll be in the ambo. <laughs> 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 and you'll have to have a chunder afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Mike. I forgot to mention there was a caveat: is that if you got a certain amount wrong, you actually have to renounce your Australian citizenship. So I apologise. I'll be sending but, you forms in the mail, and we'll be deporting you. But they'll execute me if I go back. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what they do to deserters. Okay. All right. Oh, Thank you, guys. <laughs> I don't think Keith would have approved of that performance. No, I'm, I feel yeah, very yeah. shamed. What's, that, what's that, Keith? <laughs> you're not, a, oh, you're well. not an 80, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so this is, this is yeah, back to the episode. I'm so off track right now. Um, so we see uh, the graphics for the International Cheese Chew-Off. For me, I don't know about you guys, but I thought this this poster artwork looked nightmarish. Um, did it you guys like Luna any... Park? Yeah, it did look a bit like Luna Park. That's a good point. Yeah. And it was used in some of the segues really nicely. Did you guys notice that? Was it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. The the what do they call them? Wipes. The film wipes, right? Yeah. Transitions. Transitions. Yeah. Or we can ask the source right here. <laughs> Normally, we're just debating for 20 minutes about what things are. <laughs> and then getting it completely wrong. Goddamn yeah, hole in the like ground 15 episodes later and we still don't know it. I think, I think we would have at least talked about the continuity expert for about 30 minutes to an hour in the previous episodes and we were completely wrong about what the purpose of that person was. Yeah. Oh, God. Um... So again, yeah, de- uh, Radis doesn't want to go to the dentist, and they're all trying to get him over there. Um, so then w- we see the next scene that Moddy and they've all conspired against him, and they've tied him up. Wait, sorry, you you missed one of my favorite parts in the episode. All right, what? what was it? What was it? When they're going, you smell like chicken, like the, your chicken, and whatnot. And <laughs> Joe goes, <laughs> "Yeah, what? I don't know the exact line." Okay, give me a break. Yeah, go um, on, go on. Joe goes, "You smell chicken." To Lenny. And it's very quick, but Lenny sniffs and then goes to smell his armpit and it quickly cuts. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't remember this. He looks towards his armpit as if he's going to smell his armpit to see if he smells like chicken. Oh, wow. Okay, Mel, no, I don't the remember deal? this. That, that, that's, a, that's, a, um, that's a Brianism. Brian was very clever at that sort of stuff. You know, that, <laughs> none of that was scripted. Brian just would have done that. Oh, wow. Um, it's very quick. Like, you have to... Like, he doesn't completely go all the way into the pit. But he, gets <laughs> he doesn't close go enough. all the way into I, I the think pit. Brian gets... Uh, sorry, Brian. I think Lenny gets a bit confused because I think sometimes, you know, he wants to be the clown, wants to be... He plays a sort of a bit of a um, an idiot character, but he's meant to be this, you know, incredibly intelligent scientist who can invent, you know, technology that's not even going to be around for the next 15 years. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, that was a classic Brianism. that one. You know, I, I had a good chuckle when I saw that again. <laughs> I think out of all the characters, Lenny's the most inconsistent, yeah. where it's sort of like Joe's pretty consistent. Like all the characters, I think, are relatively consistent within their band. But you're right. Like Lenny, some episodes he wants to be a magician and then gets the opportunity to be a magician and then goes, nah, forget about it. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Or, yeah, like you, what you're saying, he's an idiot, but he's not really an idiot. He's inventing these amazing things, yeah. uh, like a digital fart machine. I mean, come <laughs> on, there's a Nobel Prize right there. 
um, all right. So yeah, we have we have Radis who is being attended to the dentist. Um, what well, one thing that I noticed in this scene is Lenny is like insanely close to Robbie. Like he's just like I don't know. Maybe it's because like what you what you're telling us, Mel, that they're up on those uh, what are they called the lifts? On, on so the- maybe he's. He doesn't have much space and he has to actually get close to her or something? Yeah, I, I, I think on – yeah, they're standing on risers and I think sometimes that's what it was. But it was also uh, – because it was a multi-camera shoot, you know, we used four cameras and, and sometimes. And to, to cover four cameras, sometimes you've actually got to stand close to actually oh. be in all the different shots. Oh, because the angles and everything. Yeah. So, oh, you wow. know, most of the stuff these days is shot uh, single camera. So, you know, you set it for one camera – you get that shot and then you move the camera and get the reverse angle, whatever you want to do, or yeah. get a close-up of the person. But um, the way that it was done with the ABC, we, you know, when we did the ferals, it was all multi-camera shoots, um, which made it okay. a lot more complex but a lot more, um, a lot easier to do an entire scene and sort of get into the flow of a scene without having to stop start to get, yeah, you know, different lines. And it also meant that you could improvise a little bit more because it would be covered by all the different cameras. So you... Um, I think that's you know things like Brian sniffing his armpits when he's called a chicken and um, <laughs> and I and well, well I'll wait till we get up to it but there's another thing that he did in ep- this episode as well so ah oh, so you're you're all on top of the format oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan that <laughs> <laughs> blows um, my mind <laughs> and I, I, one thing I didn't know and what one thing I didn't say is that we finally saw the dentist so we've been hearing about Mr. Brad Ivory Dr. Brad Ivory I think you can call yourself as if you're a dentist which I don't really believe in um, and he looks insane like but they make him look insane with the googly glasses and everything like that I did like the line from Mixie where she says uh, now is a great time to ask him out and they're in like a dodgy shed doing some kind of illegal backyard operation to an unwilling patient. <laughs> the perfect that, time for romance. Is that the part Robbie goes, oh shit, do you want to go grab a coffee? <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you need to get a late into our episodes to get that one. <laughs> uh, um, was there anything else in the scene before I move on? I mean, like the dentist gets his finger bit, almost bit off by Radis. I probably should have mentioned that, but was there anything else that was funny? The nope. teeth glint of Brad when he's like, hello, and then it just Bing. has a sound effect and there's this visual effect of <laughs> yeah. his teeth glinting. I do like that about this show. Mm-hmm. They, they love to throw in those little things. Um, okay, so because Radis still has his tooth problem, they've decided to get Mixie to dress up as Radis <laughs> um, to compete in the competition, which I thought was pretty cool. And you see this awesome montage of of Mixie preparing for the bout, um, for the cheese eating competition. I thought that was it, really funny. And it's cute. And pure Rocky Four montage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even, yeah I was oh, going to say, I had the Rocky soundtrack as well. It was awesome. Well, well, a version of the Rocky soundtrack. Uh, yeah, that's what I wanted that. to ask. Because isn't there some concept in in film and television where it's kind of like I can't remember the name of it, but it's sort of must, they call it likeies or sound alikes or. There's like a concept where okay, it's that song, but make it sound like it, but yeah. different enough to pass cop like you know any copyright infringement. There is there is something you can do along those lines, but also the ABC has a has a special deal with APRA where they can sort of play music, um, pretty much any music they want to do. Oh. Really, they pay they pay a licensing fee, 
Oh, okay. So, okay. And the only, compl- and only complications for that is when you start selling that product overseas. You've got to pay the musos again later. Oh, because of the licensing. Yeah. I mean, this it sounds insane, but before making this this uh, podcast, we were actually debating about using sort of any clip from the ferals or no clips or... Because, you know, we don't want to run afoul of anything. I mean, yeah. in the context, the show is not available anywhere to buy. No. So, <laughs> I'm not sure if we're cutting in anyone's profit, but... Oh, I haven't sent a royalty check from the ferals for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and certainly not the ferals podcast. No. Right? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I love this scene, and it really uh, linked in with the start scene with Joe as the trainer for Radis. So I thought that was really well done. Um, where are we up to? So testing. Good evening, cheese lovers. Oh yeah, so we have uh, uh, we have Joe, and this is the contest that's starting. Um, we see that Robbie is trying to make moves on Doctor Brad, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, and then it's just like Joe's being a real big enforcer to, to Radis. Did you guys notice that? That he's just really threatening him and sort of yeah. going, you better, you better get, well, his <laughs> money better, at better get ready for this. Joe's about to, <laughs> Joe's about to lose all his money. He doesn't want to lose his money. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It was like a reversal of roles from the April Fool's episode where Radis was acting like the mafioso, um, yeah, true. enforcer and Joe was the, you know, the person he was trying to hit up for cash so yeah that's true that's true and again now, with is, yeah go i was on, just go gonna on, say this is this is the scene with another awesome lenny moment um when joe asks him about what happened to the cheese cam <laughs> oh yeah you know i didn't notice this until i watched it the second time the same and i'm i'm like how did i miss this the first time? i know i know because <laughs> every episode say, yeah go on go on Sweeney. I, I was just going to complete what what he said and lenny said didn't turn out like I hoped, and then he smiles and he's missing his two front teeth. It was just, <laughs> it was brilliant. That that was another Brian moment. That one. So the <laughs> so line, what, he came up with it. He came up with the the uh, the, the tooth, the missing tooth. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> so it was it was it was black tack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I missed it when I watched it. Like to give you kind of some insight, like we write maybe, I don't know, a hundred lines of notes, like whenever we sort of watching the episode. So sometimes I'm almost like making sure I'm jotting everything down and I probably don't get the, well, like, you know, I'm I'm like writing only a couple of words and then pressing enter. Luke writes that. I have three lines. (laughs) You look like a rat rocking music and Long John Rodent. And I have no idea what Long John Rodent even means anymore. (laughs) I'm sure you were watching some, some, uh, Non, uh, some adult parody of <laughs> Ferrell's because it didn't sound very good. <laughs> well, okay, we'll, we'll dive into that. So, uh, what I didn't know about this is that Radis isn't competing with anyone in person. He's actually competing with international um, competitors. So, one is Long John Rodent, who's from Texas. So, he's like a, a American Radis from Texas. And the other one is, and I couldn't catch his name, but it's something with yeah. a scum. Yeah, Pierre yeah. Lescombe. Oh, is it Pierre Lescombe? Okay. So I was trying to work it out what his name could be, and I'm actually thinking, oh, okay, what's the French word for rat? So I, I look it up, and it's kind of like, I don't know what I expected, but the French word for rat is rat. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> it's one of, the, I don't know, one of those moments. <laughs> um, I was very impressed that Joe set up what would have been satellite feeds for a live event back then. <laughs> he did, yeah. It wouldn't have been expensive at all. Well, Lenny, um, Lenny had a satellite dish on his head. 
Oh, is that did, what it yeah. was? Is yeah. that what it was? <laughs> okay. Uh, I thought the writing for uh, Pierre... What was it? Pierre Lescum. I thought the, that writing for that uh, that character was quite funny. It was like lots of little lines that were... And lots of little words that were injected. Lots of French humour and taking the piss out of French people. I thought that was pretty fun. It, it's um, kind of, it reminded me a bit of Flight of the Concords when they do that song that's just all random French words like baguette and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> <Gerard> de <Perdue. laughs> yeah, I love that song <laughs> um, so Radis is now like fretting because he's watching Mixie fail to eat the cheese where his American and French competitors are getting through it uh, so he's trying to come up with a solution and he at this stage uses Keith um, as a weight to, <laughs> to try to dislodge his tooth <laughs> but it really just turns into almost a bungee jump yeah, it's a drop. It's drop not the last time that Keith gets hung from his branch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's already happened a few times that he gets like dropped out of the tree. Well, have you just funny? Have you just spoiled how the character gets written out? Of the <laughs> road? Uh, that could be really bad. Oh no, no, no Keith never gets written out. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, I did note. I noticed that because, like, we haven't watched. I would have watched all the episodes as a kid, I think, but I. Like, I saw on IMDb that there's a couple of episodes where Radis doesn't appear. It might be just that IMDb's not up to date. Yeah. Um, no, I, it, there's... I mean, it's definitely not up to date. Um, it, it's... I mean, the fells are in every episode. Yeah. Um, Kylie was the one who was um, slowly written out because her character really didn't develop. I think there were two... I know there were two different puppeteers. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I noticed that, yeah. Um, she, she did give us one of the best moments of our podcast, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. So. What was that? I don't even remember. Kai, Kai, as in the, the kangaroo puppet character. Kai. Yeah. yeah. What, what yeah. was the greatest moment? I can't remember. The, her, the, the debate whether or not she said rap. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, we, we might be able to get the answer. We yes. might be able to get the answer. So obviously, she... Uh, you, you will not remember this. This is so, so specific. <laughs> In this, you know the episode. I, I'm pretty sure it was the episode where Moddy is uh, the country music singer. Oh yes. And there's a scene where uh, Kylie, who is lamenting the fact that Moddy's career isn't taking off, and she's blaming music that is from America, the urban youth. And we were debating whether it's rap music or black music. I'd be rap. Ah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I. Do you, do you finally uh, concede that it's rap? I'll concede. I'll concede. I still hear that she says black music, but I'll concede that it wouldn't. It wouldn't make sense if it was black music. I was uh. sure it would be. Hey, rap look, music. I thought Lenny said make love to lots of beautiful women. Turns out he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, okay, so this is just, like the next scene is one of my favorite scenes. Is where Radis like he's trying to think of another idea to get rid of his tooth. Uh, he he bangs Moddy on the head with a, a tennis racket, in, in trying to you know get her angry and punch him in the face. And <laughs> she winds up and and then doesn't go through with it. I thought that was pretty awesome. Actually, that made me really chuckle. Just didn't seem right. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't go through with it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like, Radis is wimping out. He's going to whack himself with a hammer and he doesn't do it. And then, actually, what happens is that Joe teasing Robbie, 
she's, you know, reacting to, to Joe, swings the boom arm and knocks Radis in the mouth and knocks out his tooth. So that's that's awesome. A little bit of violence, accidental violence. Never hurt anyone. Mm. Um, and yeah, did so you, the final I, scene is Radis I, then I going was just through say, and cleaning sorry, up. Did you did you yeah. catch that really snide comment by Joe to Robbie? Yes, yes. What was it? <laughs> you, you say it. You say it. You say it. Okay, Joe's like, ah, oh, it's hopeless. And Robbie goes, of course you organised it. And Joe <laughs> just goes, don't get snotty with me just because. Brad doesn't fancy you. <laughs> but the way he says it as well, it's awesome and the way that it was Mick like, delivers it. It was like, row, the claws are out. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, the final scene where Radis is, like, catching up and eating all the cheese and, and ends up winning the competition, I don't really notice anything funny there. Like, I, I noticed the second time I watched it that... When Joe was saying he's taunting them, it was because he actually made, like, a rat face out of the cheese yep. when he was eating it? Yeah. Yeah. I only noticed that the second time I watched it, actually. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Did you guys notice anything at the end? Like, for me, it was just kind of like it was an inevitable he's going to catch up and win type of moment, which is exactly what happened. Rat. Yeah, I think it was it, one of those um, ones. We're running out of time. Quick, finish up the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just get to the end. That happened a few times, yeah. That actually explains a couple of episodes, yeah. (laughs) Monkey Boy, did you you catch something in the credits? Well, I think... I was going to say, before you jump to the credits, who was was named the winner? Do you remember what his name was? Radis P. Radis? Yes. Oh, we're we're on top of the... The P? You know what the P stands for? Oh, wow. I didn't know it's It's not Professor, is it? Surely it's not Professor. No. It's Pamela. What is it? What? <laughs> what? How? Why? <laughs> we, we had to write backstories for all the puppets and we came up with different no. names and stuff and stuff that would never, ever be told to anyone else. And, um, and so Radis has this thing, which we thought would be fun to come out in one episode where, you know, Moddy could stir him and say, Pamela. Um, so, yeah, it was always Radis, Pamela Rattus. Wow. <laughs> you know what Mixies is, don't you? Nope. No. Hers is Mixie Mitosis. Oh, yeah. We did cover that. Yeah, Miximitosis, yeah. And, no, a great that, Radiohead song as well. All right. And, and that's, Modi- a very, that's a very child-friendly name, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Virus <laughs> exactly. that killed off millions of rabbits. <laughs> so and what was Moddy's? Moddy's full name... Um, it's it was an acronym for the the letters of each one, but her full name was Medigliana Esmeralda Olga Widebottom. <laughs> oh, you know what? We've actually so we we sourced a copy of the Ferrell's Fantastic Fun book. Yeah, that wasn't um, Monkey Boy. Before we get into it, that wasn't where we talked about it from. Oh, okay, we, haven't, okay. we haven't read that. I actually I grabbed that from a Creature Features interview. Oh, oh you did, ABC didn't you? Website, yeah, you did. So, oh, right. So, We're sourcing this yeah. from everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Darren's but full the... name is, yep. is Darren. Oh. <laughs> so just like Madonna or Cher, yeah, of course. Just Darren. That was, that was all he could Better. remember. <laughs> and did Keith have any additional names? No, no, Keith was just Keith. Now is it, Keith? <laughs> oh, can, can you please do the part where he goes, you can't threaten me, I'm a, I'm a protected species? You can't treat me, I'm a protected species. <laughs> That's the first line. Yeah, if I could just have me gummies and go back to sleep, that'd be great, please. 
way past my bedtime. <laughs> oh, so awesome. All right, all right. So so we're going to head up to uh, ratings. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I had yeah, go. one one thing that blew my <laughs> go mind, on, go on. and go I on. need I can't find proof of this. Okay, in all the right, credits. All right. Oh, oh was this was this the how the okay. puppet doctor or the continuity expert no, changed their no, name? No, no, okay. no. Go on, go on, go on. There's a credit. I posted in the link, so I don't know if you want to pass that over to Mal so he, uh, he can see as well. Yep. But in the credits, there is a composer credit for Paul McDermott. No. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't find proof that it's the Paul McDermott, as in Doug Anthony All-Stars, Good News Week. Mal, do you no. know anything about this? It's not. <laughs> Ah, damn. Sorry. <laughs> they just killed your, your theory within two seconds. I could have dragged it out for a bit longer. but <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I said I couldn't find proof. Now, I know that the um, the music um, comp- uh, the music producer, Paul Mack, is also Paul McDermott. I'm thinking, well, maybe it's him, but clearly there's just lots of Paul McDermott's into music in the Australian <laughs> yeah. entertainment scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! All right, all right. So let's let's get to ratings. So I'll, I'll open up the batting. Uh, I gave it six out of ten. I had it at seven out of ten, and then I reduced it, and it sort of like fell in the line between there for me. Um, it was a very funny episode. I laughed a lot, but I'm probably judging it against some of the the higher end episodes that we saw from season one. So I'm trying to have a little bit of room to grow. How about you, Swinney? Uh I actually gave it a seven. Yep. Um, I probably would have given it a little bit low on the first viewing, but the second viewing, I picked up those couple of little things that just made me go, it okay. wasn't It wasn't like an uh, an episode where you just completely lost it laughing, but it was a really solid story. Like, you know, it was just a really solid episode. I really liked it. So Great. And how about you, Mike? Well, <laughs> see, th- thanks again for coming on, on, on this uh, episode, Mel. It's actually <laughs> changed my, my view because now... Uh, now it's hard for me to rate it because how awesome it is to have done the episode talking about it that it's kind of changed my whole view of the actual episode itself. <laughs> um, so initially I was going to give it a seven, but I reckon I'm going to give it an eight because uh, uh, I remember eight. giggling <clears throat> like a little schoolgirl when I when I heard it in a few different bits. <laughs> so and 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 for our special guest today. Mel, what well, would you, you give guys it out of 10? just suckers, aren't you? Just trying to suck <laughs> up to him, giving him high marks. Yeah, forget it was a three. Well, the whole episode was about ratters, so I give it about a two. <laughs> <laughs> two times that I appeared and had to hit him. All right. Oh, I'm gonna like... Marty, you're giving him a lot. I only give it a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so I, I'm going to officially have Moddy as giving it a two. <laughs> Keith giving it a half out of ten. Um, and how about Mel? Has <laughs> Mel got a rating for this episode? Uh, look, to be honest, I, I I don't think it was one of our better episodes. I mean, I had yep. a good chuckle watching it again, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't one of those ones where I go, oh. I mean, to be to, I couldn't remember the end of the episode. So for me, I'll give it a five. Oh, harsh critic of yourself. Oh, really? Very harsh. My my philosophy was once I get this puppeteering gig right, then I'll give up. Uh, Perfectionist, I like it. I like it. Man of my true heart. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been awesome. It's been fun. 
Um, we'd love to get in contact with as many people as possible. And cause we, we see this as, you know, we want to record this The show isn't on DVD or on Netflix or anything like that. So we want to sort of put something out into the universe and sort of register that the show has existed and yeah. sort of have something that people can listen to. Um, so thanks again for coming on. No problem. Guys. Thank you. I mean, I've had a blast. It's been a real, uh, it's for me listening to you guys talk about the show is just exceptional. And I'm sure you've got other listeners than just me, but you know, it's, um, it, it's a real enjoyment and it was a great time it was a great time doing the show and it's uh it's good to have a chuckle and uh and and talk about the show so thank you for what you're doing and i'm sure there are many fans out there who are going to enjoy it and i will do my best to get some of the other guys to get in touch with you and uh it'd be great to hear their thoughts as well awesome that'd be awesome and, and i'd right, like well, to thank- I'd, I'd just like to add uh thank you to keith and thank you to medigliana for all you, you're welcome thanks for having me well <laughs> shut up would you? <laughs> Whinging native animal. Thank you very much. And uh, next time you want me, I'm happy to talk. Just whatever you do, don't get that rat on the show. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, that was that was an awesome episode. Uh, and that's bye for now for us. Adios. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.